The following podcast is presented for informational and or entertainment purposes only, with no intent of determining a psychological diagnosis or as a substitute for treatment. If you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health and or substance abuse issues, call the SAMHSA National Helpline, 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-4357. Learn more from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration online at www.samhsa.gov. Engaging Minds is brought to you by Daranot Health, Addiction Coaching and Private In-Home Rehabilitation. Your life, your home, your recovery. Daranothealth.com. Hey, this is Dr. G, and welcome to Engaging Minds, where every podcast we like to look at our world from a deeper and more psychological point of view. So recently, I've been having this discussion with a friend of mine. She's a very successful rock and roll artist, uh, both performs and also writes her own material. And she's just starting this road of sobriety. And one of the fears she keeps coming back at me with is this sense of if I let go of the drugs, Dr. G, if I let go of the alcohol, I'm not going to be able to be creative. And that's a fear I've heard from so many artists. And, you know, I say to her, I go, look, there's basically two issues here. One is you're getting a lot older and chances are your body's not going to be able to tolerate the level of drugs and alcohol you're doing. So you're basically going to die or get really sick if you continue doing this. And the other issue that is more psychological is she believes that there's a deep connection between her creativity and her drug use. And I don't think they're as connected as she thinks it is. And the only way I would ever be able to prove that to her is to give her a certain experience of being creative in a different way. And as we've been chatting back and forth about this, as the world would have it, as the universe would have it, I got introduced to this gentleman that I'm about to bring on, who I now consider a friend. His name is Chris Rowland. And Chris is an award-winning filmmaker, TV person, writer, director, who now resides in Cape Town, South Africa. And he's also a transformational healer and a sound bath, sound therapist, and sound healing uh, facilitator. And he's going to explain the difference between all of that in a couple minutes. But I started to talk to her about this concept And I went ahead on Chris's recommendation, and I had an experience of a sound bath. And I have to tell you, I was the most, you know, guarded, pessimistic person you could ever imagine with my training as a clinical psychologist and being scientific, etc. And I had a really profound experience. I was able to get in touch with parts of myself that I I didn't even know existed. And I felt that my consciousness really expanded. And (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but it made me a true believer instantly. And I really wanted to understand more about it so I could share this information with my friend, share it with my audience, because I could see how easily 
you know, traditional methods like psychotherapy can be uh, matched and synergized with things like sound baths, sound healing, sound therapy. So with a lot of excitement, I want to bring my friend on, Chris Roland. He's going to enlighten us, explain it all to us, and hopefully by the end of it, we'll all be running for sound baths. So Chris, with that, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Hi, nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Enlighten, boy, you put a lot of strain on me. I know, I don't want to put a lot of pressure. You know, I forgot <laughs> to tell people the most important part that, as you said, you are a uh, recovering hippie. It was that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm recovering. I think I'm still a hippie. Like I got the hair to prove it, you know. <laughs> That's right. The audience can see it, but... Why don't we start by explaining all the difference and really the science behind this treatment? Yeah, well, you know, you and I've talked about three times sure. now about all this, and I thought that one of the best things I think to do would be first to kind of, for your audience, is to go over exactly what is all of this, you know, what is vibrations, what is hertz, what is frequencies. And, um, and quite simply, vibration is, is what you would imagine it to be, and that is something that is in constant motion. And when it's in constant motion, it is in a frequency. So what is a frequency? Everybody knows what this is sure. about. It's a sound wave, right? So you have your peaks and you have your troughs. And when you go from a peak to a trough, that's a cycle. And, and, and whatever, how many of those peaks and troughs are happening within a cycle, in a, is how many seconds you can say it's a it's happening a hundred times in a second or it's or happening five thousand times in a second and that's the hertz um so it's pretty simple as that so you've got you have vibration happening and this kind of thing by the way that's a two-dimensional uh, viewpoint so that for our audience that can't see it that's the typical yeah. sound wave so we but can what really it. happens with with sound frequencies it's actually in a sphere so it goes off in every direction it does that in waves but it's going off in every possible direction I snap my finger and boom, everything is happening from all different directions. So, so that's all that a, 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 a vibration is, it's frequencies. And so one of the things that we talk about is, um, is resonance. And we all and everything vibrate and we all and everything have a natural resonance. When we're out of sync, when we're in disharmony, when we're ill, we it means that our our we're out of harmony with our natural resonance so let's take for example if you had cancer um so what happens in a cancer is that cancer cells those cancer cells are vibrating out of resonance or out of natural harmony with the rest of the body so literally everything and everybody all the time is constantly in this state of motion of vibration on a, literally an infinite number of frequencies that are happening. So you and so I we could right say now, the same just quickly, Chris, with addiction. Wouldn't you say that? That when someone's in a state of addiction, they're vibrating on a different level. The woman that you, you mentioned right. in your opening. So, you know, she talks about uh, whether or not she wants to let go of the drugs because she's afraid that it might hinder her creativity. My argument to that would be those drugs will have their own kind of vibration because everything vibrates, everything lets out some sort of a frequency. And that frequency could be blocking her creativity. Um, I don't know what her age is, but you know, we, we all evolve over time, right? 
Yeah, she's and in her sixties. So just very quick, it's interesting you say that because that was my hunch about it. That that is a whole separate process when she's creating under an addiction. It's almost it feels very dissociated in some respects, where I felt like the sound bath, the creative experience of it could be much more um, integrated into your being, into your soul, if you want to say that, call it that. Well, what it does, by the way, we, we don't know why. Science can't tell us why. We don't know why these everything vibrates like it does. We just right. don't. But that's existence. Nobody can tell us why that is. I have my own belief systems on why I think that it is, but nobody can prove what it is. So, you know, specific to your, your, your patient, your client, um, I would say to her that those, the drugs that she's taking is creating um, what we call a sympathetic resonance, or it's entraining her, meaning those are vibrating at a very specific um, um, frequency. And that frequency in sympathetic resonance, when one thing is vibrating here, it can affect another thing next to it with the same vibration, the same frequency. So the drugs can do the same thing to you as a person. So what that does is that can take you out of your natural resonance. It may be that this woman has never been in her natural resonance ever. No, I don't think she's not for the last 40 years. <laughs> so for the last 40 years. So what this could do by, by using sound therapy and, and training her back to natural resonance, getting her outside of the brain, outside of the mind, and getting to what I call source, um, to tapping into all of creation, she may find so much more creativity that she never knew existed within herself. And the reason I brought up her age is because we all evolve over time. You know, our, psychology, our psyche evolves over time, right? So if we're stuck in the same vibrations, constantly in trade to the same vibrations over and over again, we're not introducing something new, then it doesn't allow us to grow. So in yeah. her place, she's probably stuck in this, this drug-induced state of, of creativity and maybe canceling out the deeper kind of creativity that she may have within herself. I couldn't agree with you more that and actually the way you articulated it was very specific and I loved it because now I'm going to steal it and tell her <laughs> what you said. <laughs> but give us a visual, Chris, because for a lot of people, they have no clue what we're talking about. Like, you know, when I did it, there was a bunch of different instruments. It was in a yoga room. I lay on a mat. They gave me a blanket. I was afraid I would start snoring and fall asleep. And actually the opposite happened as all these instruments started to play. I found my, my body actually being much more charged than I thought it was going to be. So explain again the difference, like what, how a session would go and what the difference is between the nomenclature of sound bath, sound healing, sound therapy, etc. So going back, so we're all in a state of natural resonance, hopefully. Hopefully. We're not, hopefully. When we're not, that means we're, we're out of harmony with ourselves. So our bodies literally have every, every organ, our skin, our brains, our minds, our thoughts, our psyche, our spirit. Everything is vibrating with different frequencies. And they're all in their own natural resonance. When one of those is in disharmony, 
it's not vibrating a natural resonant, whether it's not, whether it's your psychology, your psychology, your emotional state, or your physical being, or your spiritual being, all of those are acting as one system. Everything is one system. So any one of those things that are in disharmony, the whole system's off. So as an example, if I were to play a guitar and one of the strings was off, it, it wasn't tuned properly, I could continue to play the other five strings along with that, that bad string and play the song, but the song won't sound good, right? The sound will be off because one of the system is in disharmony. So what a sound bath does is it entrains you. Let me, let me explain it this way. So this is a frequency, right? Let's right. call this a frequency. And, and, and this is another frequency. And for those who can see him, he's moving his hands around. So this, this is, is chaos. Audio. I'm moving my hands right. around, and this is chaos, right? Right. So it's chaos. And what happens with when we introduce sounds to uh, in a sound bath to people or in sound therapy one-on-one sessions is we we end up entraining that chaos and with uh, with resonant frequencies, meaning we match the frequency of resonant frequency within the being, within the body, within the psyche, so that the brain and the body then organizes itself into a balanced, healthy state. And then you have this. And what I'm doing now is I'm moving my hands together in sync with one another. An interesting thing happens in my sound baths. I, sometimes I go to people and I say, take your hand and go like that. And I make them move their arm up. And right. And then I move my arm up and down out of sync with them. And I just keep changing it. And eventually their arm catches up with mine. And as mine changes, their continu theirs continually change. That's called entrainment. So I'm the dominant frequency in that case. And the individual that is watching my hand and going, well, I got to match what he's doing. They're not even thinking, but it just it does it. This is what happens to us every day on a daily basis. We're constantly being bombarded with frequencies and vibrations that either we're they're entraining us and we're going to vibrate at those frequencies or they're going to vibrate at ours because we're the dominant frequency. And that has to do with staying in a uh, harmonic resonance into natural resonance within the within yourself. Again, taking the, the, the example of your your lady friend. Right. Um, it would be hard for her if she were to completely resist this idea of of allowing any other frequencies to come in to her. It would be hard for her to to shift out of that. We have that ability. I mean, our brains, our minds, also, you know, will you know have frequencies and vibrations, and they can push out as well. And those can become the dominant frequency. So, how a sound bath works is, um, I use like any practitioner a multitude of instruments i think you had gongs tibetan bowls crystal bowls koshi right i sent you i had sent you a picture so i didn't know yes. honestly what any of it was which was a pretty good balance um i can tell you ones that you were using so as an example the crystal bowls would be something that we would use because of the frequency that they put out um, that would bring you into a alpha state uh, or even bring you down into a theta state. Some people go deep into a delta state through it, during a sound bath. And there's people who don't know, and an alpha state basically is a, is a pre-sleep state. The theta state is when you're in a, a, a sleep state. Um, you can be semi-conscious in the theta state, and in the delta state, you're gone. You're just, you're out there, you're floating. Um, 
And so that can happen in a sound bath. And when we get people into that state, which you probably experienced yourself, the mind is then gone, it's out of the way. Going back to the reference of the, your, your rock and roll lady, if her mind were to be out of the way and then she could for a moment tap into and touch and say, wow, what is this new experience? Yeah, exactly. You know, she might then suddenly grasp onto some creativity that she had never seen before. And that's what the sound bath enables you to do because it gets you outside of your mind. It's meditation. I, I know that you meditate. Yeah, I've been meditating for years. And I just want to add to that. It's interesting, very quickly, it's interesting what you're saying, because as I was lying there and having this experience, I could feel like my own fear and anxiety coming up about what was going on. And I started to get into this mantra of just let go, just let go, let the experience happen. But my mind and the way my mind works just wanted to keep controlling it. And in that moment, as a psychologist and been doing this for so many years, I got in touch with this sense of how much this is similar to talk therapy because you try to get someone to a place where they can start working through some of their anxiety and fear so they can actually, like you said, like in a sound bath, open their minds up to a different experience. Well, and let me, let, me, let me say it's exactly like talk therapy, and, and why do I say that? Be but don't you think talk therapy changes the frequency, and I'll just sneak that in? <laughs> well, that's exactly where I was heading. Okay. Talk therapy changes the frequency. Talk therapy is frequency. When you're speaking, when you're talking, not only the words that are coming out of your mouth, or the sounds that, you're, that are coming out of your mouth, but your intention, the intention behind you as the psychologist in talk therapy, that vibration is also coming through. And that is also entraining the other individual to that intention that you have. And I know that your intention is a good one for the client, for the patient. So when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, I, I just, I know that I'm downloading at that moment. And, and I get outside of my head, I get, I put myself aside and I just allow things to come through and have that I don't know what you call that confidence, I guess you call it. And you, you simply communicate with the client, whether it be talk, because I do talk therapy as well, or whether it be through instrumentation, through the, the instruments that are using. So in a sound bath, when I'm playing, I don't know what I'm playing. I've been trained. I spent a, a year training uh, extensively every day with these instruments. And, um, but I don't know when I do a sound bath. I don't think I'm going to play it like this today. Because I, what I explain to people in a sound bath, because I do a warm up before they arrive and, and I do a voice warm up and I warm up with all the instruments and I, I warm up the instruments and get them vibrating to open them up. And I can tell you that when I sing on my own and when they're not there, a certain sound comes through. Then when they arrive, and of course my brain kicks in, which I try to boot out all the time, my mind, I try to replicate what I was doing when I was warming up because it was so beautiful to me, right? And I wanted to replicate right. it. But the problem with that is, is there's 15 people in the room that, that have a different need and a different frequency amongst all of them. And so for, so for us as sound healers, we have to tap into that and say, what is happening in the room? What is happening with the 15 individuals? What's happening with the nature outside? Is there wind? Is there rain? And you let go of your idea of what you want to do, and you simply tap into the vibrations 
that the other and you and what do you do you harmonize with them so then you harmonize with them and you allow the instruments I mean, you can see one of my instruments back there. Or maybe they can't see, but this thing, I have a gong sitting up back there. Right. And, you know, which is, to me, is a friend of mine. I mean, that gong I hold in just high regard. That gong plays some nights in ways that just blows me away. Yeah. Okay, so I'm really curious. With, um, I want to bring in a little bit of your filmmaking background as a creative person. Because you talk about... Um, creating things and changing the vibration and i wonder it's got to be really i don't know it's got to be really interesting to be able to with your experience to be able to say i wonder how i could maybe one day bring this to the filmmaking world like if an audience is sitting in a theater and they're having a certain experience could it almost replicate a sound bath sound group experience that and I don't, I'm, I'm just being creative and brainstorming with you that it could almost change the vibration of that audience watching the film in that moment. No, no question about it. And in fact, it, any audience that goes and sees a film is going to be changed in some way and not necessarily because of what they're seeing on the screen, but because what of what they're experiencing, what they're experiencing, but what they're experiencing coming through the crew that's behind the scenes, the actors that are on the screen, the music that's being played, the sound, the intention of the director, the producers that are in on it. I think I mentioned to you before, you know, one of the most fascinating things that I'd ever seen was uh, this, this movie called um, Heaven's Gate. And back in the 80s with Michael Cimino, it was a, it was a bomb, a huge bomb, almost mm -hmm. put MGM out of business. And you think, wow, this had every huge star of the day in it. It had the best composer, the best director. It was at a big budget. In fact, it went over budget. And you think, why did this film flop? Why was it such a flop? You look at it today and you go, oh, this, is, this is an incredible film. Why did this flop? And then you do the little research and you realize and you find out that everybody hated everybody on the set of this thing. And there was mm -hmm. fighting going on constantly with the producer and the studio and the director and actors and money and so forth. All of that is vibration that got into the, the celluloid and made its way up onto the screen, and that resonated for people. Now, interestingly enough, flash forward back, I think it was 2012, Michael Cimino had been re-editing that film over the years and playing with it. And in my mind, what he did is he cleansed it. In 2012, it played as, right. a, as a thing that they just thought, let's play this thing again and because somebody saw it and said, oh, my God. And now it's considered today considered one of the greatest American films ever made. And the same reviewers who panned it in the 1980s praised it in the, 20, in the 2000s. And do you think it's because basically it was changing the vibration? Um, for, no question, because no it question? Changed, okay. because the film itself didn't change radically in terms of what he did. I mean, right. he, he, he didn't reshoot it, so he can, all he could have done is recut here and there. So I think what happened over a period of time is the vibration of the film changed. And then when people saw the film, um, that they picked up on that vibration. And, and so the whole thing just shifted and, and people were affected by it. Yeah, you know, I, I think I told you a while back, I wrote a book on, uh, with Scott Smith as a co-writer called Real People. And what inspired me to write that book, it's really about creating characters, uh, 
and it was geared towards directors, actors, producers, people in the entertainment industry, but creating authentic characterizations based on different psychological truths. Because yeah. what, what inspired me was I remember sitting in the theater and when I could having this moment where I go, when a character is being portrayed and it seems really authentic, it's not that the audience is, you know, going, is that really the way a psychopath behaves? But they get drawn into that person. And to use your terms, it has a vibration that feels very authentic and real. When something doesn't feel real, they seem to disconnect from that experience. Mm -hmm. And so I based that book, now that I look back on it 20 years later, on that truth, finding that authentic characterization, we could say that authentic vibration in each person in each film. Um, so, so I cry when I see an actor on screen who's living in the moment. I mean, you, you can't help it because it's, it's authentic. It's real. Right. Right. And I, I, and I think, wow, this is somebody who, who hasn't just perfected their craft. They completely have immersed themselves, immersed themselves right in, into the, the psyche and the, and the emotional state and the emotional life of this character in order for us, the audience, to be able to, have, to be a witness to that. Because some people might not ever be witness to something like that, right? So I think that's a beautiful moment. Going back to your woman, the rock and roll lady. Yes. If she were connected in that way, to connect to the other side that way, that beauty, that intention, Imagine what could come through her music to people listening to it. That's different. And the only way I could ever convince her of that is to give her the experience, as get get her to a place where she wasn't too afraid to have the experience. And then the therapy comes in because it's a process of letting go, of going from one experience to the other. You know, she'll. I know what will happen. She'll go. She'll say, "I had a great experience," and then she'll go back to the drugs. So right. it has to be repeated over and over again. So just sound like therapy. Has, yeah, sound therapy it has to be, it's not something you can go to. It, it, it occasionally happens, you go once and suddenly you have this epiphany or you have this huge healing. And I've had people physically heal and that was done in one session. That's rare, that doesn't happen. That's rare, often. that's but like therapy when people call me up and go, you know, how many sessions is this gonna take? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, fixed. I don't even know. <laughs> I want to be fixed by noon. <laughs> no, or, you know, I have uh, seven sessions on my uh, insurance and I've been doing cocaine for 15 years. How long do you yes. think it'll take? And I go, I don't know, exactly. 15 years. And they'll go, no, seriously. And I go, I'm actually being really serious. Yeah, but I can tell you that that changes for each person. If somebody were, if intention is such a huge part of all of this, you know? Yes. If you can just get somebody to listen, set your intention, your intention is to heal. So if your intention is to heal, what are you going to do to achieve your intention? Are you going to really immerse yourself into this? So that's what I would say to somebody and say, so if you really want this to change, then you got to spend the time and you do it. So sound that's I tell people in sound period, I see keep coming back. If no, if for no other reason, I have people come back all the time because they, they come in for a tune up. It's right. Basically what they're doing is they're just tuning themselves back up is anything in disharmony let's go back and do the sound bath and get back into harmony yeah i mean that was my feeling after i did it that i wanted to go back and see what uh what it would be like if i did it several times what kind of experience i would have um 
I'm going to ask you a lofty question near the end of our podcast. So I have to admit, I'm a little bit of an ex-hippie myself. So back in the days, <laughs> a very long time ago, and, we all. Yes, I uh, had an opportunity to meditate and sit with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Wow. And, um, and spent some time with him. And it was interesting because he was very much into how meditation could change, could really create world peace. That's what I'm after, that if we sit as a group long enough, that maybe we could change the vibration. And as you're talking, I thought about him and that experience. Again, it was a very long time ago. Um, uh, and so I was wondering your feelings about how much, like how much this could affect group consciousness if you had a big group of people who were doing sound baths together? Well, for, for sure, that's going to have an impact. But, you know, you don't even, you don't have to really do that. You can just hum. Okay. So if you hum or you chant. So when we hum and you're not opening your mouth, you're, mm, you're creating a vibration that, is, that completely engulfs your entire body. So you can self-heal when you hum. And when you hum, you lower your blood pressure, um, you lower your heart rate, um, you raise your melatonin levels. And of course, melatonin is great for reducing anxiety. Um, you, you release um, endorphins, which is the great natural painkiller. So just, and that's just by humming. By the way, sound baths do all of this through the instruments that we use, but you can do some of this just with humming. And when you're humming like that and you're centering yourself and you're balancing yourself, that doesn't just go inward, it goes outward. So that goes into the whole of the universe, right? So I, I do um, sweat lodges with a Native American from the Northwestern Territories of Canada. I've been doing it for about 20 years with him now. And one of the things that he does during the ceremonies is he speaks to the water that he pours over the hot stones. And the reason why he's speaking to the water is because he's, and he's sending a message to it. He's putting an intention into the water. And then that water is poured over the hot stones, turns to steam, and then that steam goes off everywhere. So the message is carried, right? Mm -hmm. so, to, so to answer your question is, yes, absolutely. If It's like groupthink, right? If you That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, if you look at, even look at Christianity, what do they say when, when two or more are gathered in mind, there, there shall I also be. What means behind that, the, the meaning behind that is we have the power to change everything if we do it together, if we do it collectively. We and that's a great spot for us to stop, you know, this idea that if we do it collectively, it can be more powerful. What we've gone over right now, and it's just the tip of the iceberg, and I know, Chris, you and I could chat about this for hours, and wow. we may definitely do another podcast soon, but what I wanted our audience to hear, and using my friend as an example, was to be open to experiences that things don't have to be mutually exclusive. You could do traditional talk therapy. You can add different modalities like sound therapy to it to em empower and accelerate some of your you know processes like i saw a lot of people in that room crying and talking about trauma and i thought oh this would be great i hope they're going to a therapist after that to work through <laughs> and talk through what that experience was yes so i'm i'm glad you know that we've been able to just uh explore this right now but chris if people wanted to get in touch with you find out more about your work how could they do so 
www.chrisroland.com or easier one, hashtag Chris Soundbath, two S's, hashtag Chris Soundbath. And I will tell our audience also, if you can't find Chris or get in touch with him, you can always get in touch with me and I'll forward the, his, his information to you. Uh, so Chris, we're going to um, create world peace and, <laughs> and heal everyone of depression and anxiety. You said that you had a, some kind of a profound question at the end of the podcast. What was that? I, I guess it's a good question. I think I, the profound question was, I felt that the experience went beyond me. I yes. felt that I had this strange feeling that I kept spinning around, like almost doing, um, like tumbling. Mm -hmm. And I know, <laughs> and like this white light was coming up and it was just a very profound experience. And I almost felt like I didn't want to interpret it too much that I just wanted to yes. had this desire to go back to the experience. That's that's the that's the best way to approach it is to not try to analyze it because that's again your mind and your mind gets in the way. Right. I will say that when you said that it uh, it does didn't feel like it was you it wasn't me you said um, no longer you and it is you because you are everything you are together with everything that is vibrating it's all one giant dance and we're all the dancers in the dance and the dance. I think that's a wonderful place for our audience to sit with. Again, Chris, it was a pleasure to have you on, and we'll talk soon. This thanks, is Dr. Friend. G, and thanks for listening to Engaging Minds. If you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health and or substance abuse issues, call the SAMHSA National Helpline, 1-800-662-HELP. 1-800-662-4357. Learn more from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration online at www.samsa.gov.